Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. says each of you should use, that's interesting right there, each of you should use, that's a good word, use, like each, maybe like all of you, like use, like not sit on the shelf. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. There it is. Let's go home. See you later. All right. Just kidding. (laughs) Uh, As faithful stewards of God's grace. Great word. So spiritual gifts right here are God's grace gift. Then it says this, in its various forms. So so there's spiritual gifts and it's it's various forms. Like it looks different in different people. Verse 11, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. And if anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. So it's supernatural strength helping you serve. Mm. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. And here's the motive, to him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. That is some rich ideas. Let's pray. We'll dive into it. Father, we love you today. And God, we just thank you uh, for what you're doing in this body. God, I just thank you for the opportunity to gather together and to pray. And I thank you for the opportunity to gather together and to devote ourselves to studying the word of God. And I thank you for the opportunity to fellowship with the saints and talk and grow stronger and exercise spiritual gifts. God, I thank you for the opportunity to unite and to make a difference in our world. And God, we ask that you would help us to show the world, Jesus, that we would be a true light. May, may these things in these short days and years that we have before we see you, may they be used to fullness. God, give us the, the strength and the grace to fulfill what you've called us to. We honor you and we love you. And Radiant Church said, amen. amen. So when I was in uh, ninth grade, uh, we had these prayer meetings at my public junior high every day before school. And my buddy had gotten saved in eighth grade. Uh, and by ninth grade, he was leading worship every day. And so uh, that's, that's how it works when you're in junior high. It's like, hey, man, you know, three chords, you're the worship leader. And, uh, and so we had these prayer meetings every single day and a meeting Monday through Friday, not Saturday, Sunday, but at school, Monday through Friday. And and, and we'd have these powerful moments. You know, I, I thought they were powerful. And we'd be, he'd, we, we, we called it prayer meeting, but half the time, you know, was singing songs. And then he'd, he'd strum for the last, like, 10 minutes. And we'd just, you know, kind of scream out some prayers and, and pray. And, and I used to always look at him, and his name was Sean. I used to look at him, and I would just say, brother, you're the best worship leader there is. Like, you're number one. Like, like there's no, like, I just love it so much. And so, you know, you got to imagine this is 1991. So I'd say, man, you're better than Stephen Curtis Chapman. Like you're better than Michael W. Smith. Like, mm, like Wayne Watson got nothing on you. Like he can be home free, but man, you're the man. Like all the old people know what I'm talking about. And so I was like, man, you're just awesome. Just, ah, I just, ah, I mean, you're the best. And I, I mean, literally this is a true story. I look at ninth grade. I was always telling him, you're the best. And then. And when I was a, a young pastor in Colorado, this, 
This young worship leader named John Egan, he led all these prayer meetings and he'd lead on Wednesday nights and every once in a while he'd lead on Sunday mornings and he had his hair going every which way and he was the first one I ever saw wear skinny jeans and I thought that was weird back then. And, and, uh, but I used to always just look at him and I used to just say, man, you are, you're the best. Like, no, 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 no. Like there's, there's others that are good. This is the 2000s, you know, so I'd be like... I mean, David Crowder and Chris Tomlin and Joel Houston, they're good. But brother, you are the best. You are, I just, it's just awesome. And, and then we moved here and started this church. And we've got all these moments on Wednesday nights where it's just like, I mean, just alive as we're worshiping. And Katie Reed's up there leading us and on Sundays. And I had these moments where like a broken record, I'm like, I'm saying the same thing. I'm like, Katie, you're the best. Like, there's others that are good, but whoo, Katie, come on now, lead us again. And I was thinking about why is that? And it's, it's this reality. It's, it's realistically because all of them have been conduits of a grace gift that God gave them that I was the beneficiary of. Like ninth grade on my face, praying in this little tiny school, believing God, but I had these encounters with God and the 14-year-old the on the guitar just happened to be the vessel that God was using. Or in those years in Colorado, it was the, the cool guy from Jersey that just had his hair going railroad pants and singing, I am free. And I was like, yes, because I was encountering God. And now it's Katie Reed, who's, you know, a homeschool mom. And she's, I don't know how old she is, but she's like, raises her arm and, ah! and you're just like, yes, God. Like, and here's the why. The why is because there's this encounter. There's these moments where God is at work and God is flowing through his people. And so it's just, it was in my immature brain that I couldn't connect all the dots that I was going, you're better than Martin Smith. You're better than Michael W. It's not, it's God at work. It's not the, it's not the person, although they're awesome and they're being a faithful steward, but I'm the beneficiary of God at work. And so for me, those moments are powerful. Those moments are, have the wow factor because they're being faithful. And that's the word here. They're being faithful with the spiritual gifts that God's given them. And so when we read this in 1 Peter, I like the way that the New Living said it. Listen to this. God has given gifts to each of you from his great variety, his great variety of spiritual gifts. Then here's this word that we all know because this is America, manage them well so that God's generosity, and I like this word, can flow, can flow through you. God has an abundance of grace, of generosity, and it flows through you. Like it flows through us. And as we are faithful stewards, that's the phrase Peter says, we're faithful stewards. We're, we're using the spiritual gifts, the divine enablement, the grace gifts that God has given us. Others become the beneficiaries. <laughs> There's this gratitude that rises up in them. So all that gratitude that was rising up in me was God at work through faithful stewards. What I want to invite you today is to begin to ask the question, am I being a faithful steward with the spiritual gifts that God has given to me? 
and to begin to identify and even comb through the spiritual gifts. Certainly, these are the treasures that we value most, that we value more than our bank accounts or our cars or our houses. These are divine enablements that have been given to us by God. So they're the things that we want to be faithful stewards of. And we read Jesus being so clear about being a faithful servant with what God has given us. And most of the time when we think of it, we think of just finances. And I think that's great as well. But clearly, God has given, in addition to finances, he's given each one of you spiritual gifts that he's invited you to be a faithful steward of. And one day we'll give a full report to Jesus about how faithful we were with what he gave us if we used them or if we buried them. And I want to invite you today to just begin to ask the question, all right, here's Peter looking at believers who are going through persecution. And he's been talking about them being a spiritual house. And talks about the, the, the stone that the builders rejected was actually the cornerstone. Now you guys, like living stones, are making up a spiritual house. And you're alive and you're the, you're the house that God is, is indwelling. It's people. And so you're the ones that are filled with his presence. And you're the ones that are conduits that God can use his great generosity to flow through. And so I want you to just think about your own life and your own journey and begin to ask God, God, where are we at? Am I being a faithful steward of what you've given me? Can you articulate, hey, here's the spiritual gifts. And, and of course, right here where Peter starts, he uses this word each. I mean, it's clear we all have spiritual gifts. There's four primary places that we find spiritual gifts talked about in the New Testament. One of the great ones is right here in 1 Peter 4. And all, all you've got all, the, all over and over again this idea that we all, like not some, but all, like you as a believer, you have spiritual gifts given to you by God. So it's not an if, it's a what. It's a, what are the gifts? Everybody has gifts. And so I love the language that we find Peter using where he was earlier in 1 Peter 2, where we talked about that we are a royal priesthood. We are a chosen nation. That royal priesthood, it's that idea. Here's the big idea. That in the Old Testament days, you had priests that went to God for the people and brought and talked to the people, Right? So this was a priest to God, to the people. Now, what we call the priesthood of all believers, here's the big good news. You have access to God and you get to represent God to your world. So everybody could say very easily, I am a priest. I go to God and now I along with the priesthood of all believers. I, I, got, I, got, I got a gift. I've got a grace gift. I've got some, some kind of bringing the generosity, the grace of God to others that God has entrusted and enabled me to bring. And so it is a new day because every single one of us have that access. So I am royal priesthood. I am with this fellowship, this living house, this spiritual stones, these living stones. We make up this house and we all 
have possess spiritual gifts. So it is not just a quiz to kind of figure out my identity and my search for significance. No, those gifts are given to you for others. <laughs> so it's God giving gifts to you. They're not for you. They're for others. <laughs> so what we like to do is, hey, we live in America where we're constantly searching for our identity and somebody love me, somebody know me. So I got spiritual gifts that kind of gives me confidence. That's not it. No, it's being a faithful steward. So God gives me the gifts, but they're just, I got to exercise them because they're actually for other people. It's actually for others. There's actually another ninth grade kid in the prayer meeting that needs to be the beneficiary of the ninth grader that just got saved that's singing worship songs. It's not for a Sean to have everybody go, bro, you just got saved and now you're a great worship leader. You can sing three chords. You're better than Wade Watson. No, it's for those ninth grade kids to encounter God because he brings something to the house. And so it's like, imagine how crazy it would be if the UPS man came to your door and was like, hey, I got something for you. And you're like, thank you. No, no, no. I brought it. This is for you. And you look at it. It's from your mom. And the UPS guy is like wanting all kinds of credit. Like, bro, look what I brought you. Come on now. You want to take a picture with me? Brother, you're the, you, you, no, you're the delivery. You're, this isn't from you. You're just the deliverer. Imagine if he just kept it in his truck and he was like, you know what? I'm not going to give it to you. Just, I'm going to hold on to it. I, 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 I kind of find value in it. Kind of helps me, makes my truck feel weightier and good. I like the way it fits in here. And I look like a better UPS driver. If I keep it, you'd be like, that's not yours. That's from my mom to me. I, I need you to deliver it to me. Here's the deal. You are the driver. <laughs> and God's given you gifts, but they're not for you. They're through you. And God wants to use the gifts that he's given you to have other people go, wow, the giver is awesome. His generosity has is flowed flowed is that what's the past tense of flowed flown flew flew come through you his <laughs> the, the new living says flows it was in the present flown it's been flying through it's been flown through i don't know it's it's not flying <laughs> through you has come gifts generous gifts thank you thank you So, so I want you to imagine your father who takes great delight in the gifts that he's given you, but the delight comes when you use them, right? Like I've got four kids and they've all got different spiritual gifts, right? Like my son Dawson, he is a, he's got the gift of exhortation. He, I mean, he is constantly like, dad, I'm so proud of you. Dad, you crushed it. Dad, I love you. And so every time that I struggle on a Sunday morning, I walk back and I just stand near Dawson. Because whether I crushed it or not, the first words out of his mouth were, you crushed it, man. <laughs> crushed it. Right? 
He's the best encourager I have. Like, it's, I mean, last night he's like, hey, dad, hey, you done studying? And I was like, you know, it's a text. And he's like, you're going to crush it tomorrow. You know, I just, all oh, right. He's got the gift, right? Olivia Faith, she's got a spiritual gift of administration. She, on her bunk bed, you can touch the ceiling. And what she sees, she's created on a piece of paper, a checklist of what to do that day. She has a gift of administration. She's running things. I mean, it's intense. Sometimes I find little checklists around the house. They're made by Olivia. You know why? I don't know. God's giving her, I mean, like, all she got, I mean, it's a gift. I haven't made that many checklists and I'm 41. Like, whoo, she's made more in her lifetime than I have. My little girl, Adeline Grace, I mean, blonde hair, blue eyes, big old loud voice, short, just like her daddy. And she's got a gift of leadership. I mean, it's just strong. Like you go out here and there's like little kids following her around. Every, every time you put a microphone in her hand, she's like, ah. she'll sing, she'll dance, whatever you want, but she will lead people, right? It's just, it's just on her life. My son, Justice, he's got a gift of helps. Like the kid is very smart. This week he was asking me about asteroids. And I was like, What? He asked me about asteroids, like he's very detail-oriented and he thinks the way, and I said, like the Atari game from the 80s? And he was like, no, like space. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I do not know that answer. This week, Renata and I got a new desk at Ikea. She didn't ask me to help put it together. She has justice to help put it together. I said, babe, do you want me to help? She said, no, why don't you go clean the car? Like... Why? Because Justin's going to be a lot more help than I am, right? Why? It's just, the way, it's, just, it's just those things, encouragement, administration, leader, gifts, like helps. God's given them spiritual gifts and far more than I take delight in what God has given my kids. Your father takes delight in the gifts that he's given you when you use them to make a difference. And so here's Peter. And he's looking and he's saying, all right, all of each of you have been given a gift. And this is not, this is not for you to find some identity. This is not for you to just kind of like be like, like the Enneagram. Like I, I no, this is different. This is for others. God has given me this. And if you haven't discovered what those, like you can't rattle off one or two spiritual gifts, man, go on that hunt. Go on that journey, figure out what that is. Cause you are a 10 at something. There is something, I mean, you'd be like, I don't know if it's true. I've never just, keep looking. I mean, the lists, pray, the scriptures, talk to other people, but get to the point where you identify, because here's, here's the reality. Sometimes in church world, everybody is gonna try to pull you in, in and say, hey, why don't you kind of do this, kind of do this with me, serve here, serve in this way, do this thing. And, and one of the challenges is, um, when you do have an actual grace gift, like you do have a divine enablement, like God has wired you in such a way that you actually find some fulfillment in doing something and it actually makes a difference in the lives of others, then there are actual things that you're actually good at that others are not as good at. And because you've got a grace on your life, you enjoy it. But when you've done a lot of things that you don't enjoy, you tend to just kind of sit back and say, I guess I'm going to become a consumer. <laughs> I'm not going to really participate. But if 
you won't give up and you keep working on it till you find the thing that you go, actually, when I do this, I come alive. Like, I'll be honest with you. Honestly, this, this preaching thing, like I, I come alive with it. Like for me, it's fun. It's, I, I don't know why. It's just, it's, just it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a grace gift. I, I enjoy it. I'm not, I, I, I enjoy this. I'm, I love these minutes. I'm not like, you know, dreading this. I'm like, I enjoy it, right? But my wife, Renata, whoo-wee, right? She would be like, I don't wanna do that, right? Because there's this, this exhortation thing that I enjoy. But my wife has a gift of mercy <laughs> like I've never seen, like I don't have. And so Renata, week after week, is serving in kids, has real, I mean real mercy. Like even our children, if they get hurt, they do not run to me. If they want money, they do not come to me. If they have any pain in their life, they don't come to me because I'm just like, you'll be fine. <laughs> but Renata, hug them, love them, embrace them. Like if, they, if they're scared in the night, they don't come, daddy, I'm scared. They go, Renata, they go, mom, mom. <laughs> right? Because it's just, because there's a grace gift. There's, it's different. And here's my point. We're all wired differently. God's created, his, the word that Peter uses here is various and you've got grace gifts. You've got, you've got God's generosity flowing through you. And one of the best things you can do to get to the place where you're not begrudgingly standing before God in that moment going, well done, good and faithful servant. You know, where it's like, oh, okay, I completed. It was, I was miserable, but I completed. I believe you can get to this point where you can identify these are the, the ways that God has wired me and we wanna be a church that kind of sets ourselves up in such a way that you're able to walk in those, that you're able to walk in the gifts that God has given you. And so that's, that's my dream. My dream is that you would have this, God, you created me well. I'm a 10 at, not mercy, <laughs> right? But there's something that God has put in you. I like the way David said, it's one of the famous verses and it's one that my dad always read to me when I was like insecure and hurting, which was much of my childhood. Um, So I kind of didn't like this verse for a long time because I identified it as like lack of confidence. But now that I'm a man, I put my childish ways behind me. And this is a really good verse. Psalm 139 verse 13. "For For you created me in You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Now, here's David saying, you made me well. What? Yeah. Here's David and he's saying, your works are wonderful. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. (laughs) That's some confidence. Here's the reality. God made you well. He knew what he was doing. And he's got mission, purpose. Uh, we, he's got uh, some, some ways to use you that is your ministry and it fits your gift set, like a supernatural empowerment and enabling. And so when you identify that and then you kind of work as best you can. Now, I'm not saying that you don't ever do anything that's not in your power alley, But when you are able to identify these are the ways that God has gifted me and wired me, you tend to make choices that lean in that direction. And over time, you start to get fulfilled. And what happens is, is there's there's fulfillment and fruit 
on the other side of spiritual gifts. And so you're, 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 the fellowship, the brotherhood, the, the church family will start to go, I see fruit from you working in this way or doing this thing. Let me tell you this. You want to stand before God and had real fruit from your life. And so when you identify those gifts and then try to make intentional steps, you'll start to see real fruit and have greater fulfillment. And so it's just, it's just, I mean, one of the most fun things for me in this church journey, this church plant journey has been watching people that have spiritual gifts, God-given, where they step into them and they love it. And I'm just asking, could it be you? Like maybe there's gifts that you haven't identified yet, right? Like if you think of a gift, let's just say it's like a, a, a wrapped gift. Maybe there's some gifts you haven't unwrapped from your father that he's given to you. Maybe they're lying dormant. Paul looks at young Timothy and says, fan into flame the gift. Maybe you got to fan it into flame. Maybe you haven't unwrapped it yet. Maybe you haven't discovered it. That's the way we say it around here. Maybe you haven't discovered it yet. Either way, more fruit, more fulfillment is on the other side of discovering it and using it to make a difference or to do ministry or to be a light or to do evangelism. You can pick your words, but it's that idea for you to fulfill the ministry call on your life. And that could be in the church. That could be through the church. Honestly, that's things beyond the church, but it's you, it's, it's, I, I'm a priest, like God wired, made, created me in a way that is unique. You did a great job. I know that full well, like you made me well. And so I can identify, and you know what? When I do these things, I actually experience fulfillment and I can see ministry fruit. And so I want you to unwrap that. And Peter here, he, he, I like even his abbreviated way he says there are some serving gifts and some speaking gifts. So there's probably about 20 different gifts that are identified in the four primary texts that talk about spiritual gifts. And Peter kind of sums it up here about those that are speaking gifts and those that are serving gifts. And here's one of the tensions that we have with spiritual gifts is that speaking gifts or stage gifts often get in America. This isn't true all over the world, but, but here get applauded. So a lot of people say, I don't want to do the serving gifts because I want to be seen. (laughs) Here's the problem. Jesus was really clear about that. So for the person who's on stage, it's really clear that Jesus says, if your goal is to be seen by men, Matthew 6, 1, if your goal is to be seen by men, you will get no reward from your father. Scary day if you're on stage and you like to be seen, right? Because you are hosed for a long time, (laughs) right? Or the other way, if your goal is to be seen and you have a serving gift, so you don't do your serving gift because you want to be seen. Same problem. Your father sees. Big win. My motive is not me. My motive is others. That's the phrase he says, to serve others. My big win is to serve others. And then Peter goes on and he gives an even greater one where he says an even higher than that is the glory of God. I don't serve to be seen. I don't serve even, it's not my search for significance. I got some fulfillment in it, but here's my primary motive, to God be the glory. 
I have a vision. The apex of my joy is the glory of God. So I serve because I care about his glory. So my dream for us is that we would begin to ask the question, all right, God, what are the gifts that you've given me? And God, what's my motive? My motive is, man, I wanna serve others. I care that others are the beneficiaries of the gift that you've given me. And God, I want you to receive full glory. I care much about you. You're number one. And God, I will be, the phrase Peter uses, a faithful steward. It, some of you, at first, you're like, I don't, I don't know if I like my gift. You know, like, I, I, like, I like so-and-so's gift. Like, I like, I like their gift. I used to always make this joke. I like Tim Tebow's gift. Like, I, there was a lot of years I was like, God, why didn't you make me like Tim Tebow? I just, I, my life would be different, you know? And we all tend to do that where we're like, God, I, I want that gift. Here's the deal. Okay, you got 70, 80, 90 years on planet Earth. You got millions of years in eternity. The big win, faithful stewardship with the gift that he gave you now and eternal rewards forever based upon faithfulness with the gift that he gave you now. So the big temptation is to get out of your lane and start comparing yourself to others. And Peter even makes it clear there's various gifts. Be faithful in the gift. Paul uses the language of a body. And he's, he's saying, hey, we are the body. Peter's using the word of a house, a spiritual house. It's the same idea. You need each stone. You need each part of the body for it to work. You take away a stone and it doesn't work. So we are as healthy as all of us using all of our gifts. So if you're not using your gifts, we're a lopsided body. We're a lopsided house. So to the degree that you, radiant becomes stronger as you use all your gifts. And we become more unified, we become a fuller house. And so that was even, even a part of the dream of Radiant Church was to say, okay, God, you, you, do, you bring together who you want to bring together. And the, the spiritual gifts that rise up in the house will begin to form the body, what, you're, what you want to do. And so there's, there's some new dreams that you've got. There's some things that God's got inside of you. The question is, have you stepped out, discovered prayed. I mean, I think it's great. Take the tests, read the scriptures, talk to others, but identify these are the spiritual gifts in me. And, and, and that's what creates a healthy, a healthy family is when we're able to have all of them expressed, right? And we all, and, and in a moment where, where everybody's operating in their gift, good things happen. If everybody has the gift of exhortation, and there is no mercy, that's a messed up church, right? Whew, you're going to be like, let's get out of there. Everybody thinks they know everything, right? Like, it's just, we got to have all of it. So like, I'll use my family again. In a moment where we say we have Nathan and Rachel over for dinner, and, Ra- and Nathan, I won't pick on Rachel, Nathan drops his plate and it shatters, right? It's never happened. Nathan's meticulous, probably never would happen. Um, <laughs> But I, hypothetically, here's how my family would respond, right? First, there would, David, I would begin an exhortation. Like, oh, well, that happened because of this and that and this. I'd start talking, right? That's what I do. Right? <laughs> Renata, she would have mercy. 
she would look at Nathan and be like, oh, it's fine. It's okay. We're so glad you're here. Thanks. Did you, did, did you get anything on you? Are you okay? Here, would you like to wear some of David's clothes? Oh, it won't fit. Here. Would you like some of Dawson's clothes? You know, like, like, she tried to take care. She had mercy, right? Dawson, he just started, he just encouraged, man, you crush it next time, man. Like, just, mm. you awesome. You so great. I mean, every Wednesday night, I kid you not, every Wednesday night after my meeting with Nathan, which Dawson sits through, he's like, man, dad, Nathan's awesome. Nathan crushed it. And you know, Nathan's really smart. I'm like, yes, yeah, yeah, he's amazing, right? Because Dawson, he'd look at Nathan, he'd be like, and, and Olivia, she'd get up and she, she would, she'd be the only one that would actually fix the problem. <laughs> like, she'd be like, oh, that's nice. But she'd be like, get the broom, clean it up. Here's a new plate. That would be Liv, Right? Adeline, she's, she is a gift of generosity. I mean, she's a gift of giving. Addie would just take her plate and say, here, you can have mine. Like, that's it. Like, I got 100 stories on Addie giving. She's just the way she is. She'll give you her money. She'll give you anything. She's just, she's, she's got justice. He's, he's helps. He's a thinker. He's meticulous. He's detailed. He just, he'd probably get out some glue and try to fix the plate, you know? Like, this is, my point is this, that family, my family, we, the, the problem would, <laughs> would get fixed. We'd all come at it differently but it's all needed, right? Here's the truth. For us to be a healthy body as a church, it's the whole family walking in their spiritual gifts. It's you fulfilling what God's got for you. There is something inside of you that is wonderful, that is awesome, that is the way that God wants to flow through you, his great generosity or his grace. New International says, the, it's the grace gift. And so sometimes when we think spiritual gifts, some people get, get scared of that word and they get nervous. Like, what are you talking about? I want you to think about this. The wonderful things of God flowing through his people and you are the conduit that he wants to use. What are the spiritual gifts that he's given you? Can you name them? Many of us, we can name our cars, we can name our address, we can, we can name, our, we can name a, a hundred, hundreds of things, but we cannot name the spiritual gifts. I'm telling you, let those be a treasure where you go, no, this is, this is, this is my grace gift. And then throw yourself into it. I mean, I mean, if that is your gift, be a 10 at that gift. I mean, figure out, this is the gift that God's given me. I, when I do this, I feel God's pleasure. There is fruit, there's fulfillment when I do this. And so I, I wanna stand before God and have been a faithful steward. I want that well done, good and faithful servant. And so we will only be complete, even as a church, when you figure that out, when you begin to act on it, and begin to do it. And that's what I'm praying for. I'm praying that we will, we will become the church that God's called us to be. And Radiant is doing well. But if you're not operating in your gift, then we're not full throttle. We're not operating on the fullness of what God has. So uh, even, even like this month right now, uh, there's a small group that formed themselves around going downtown and helping homeless and the poor. So here's the truth. I, I, I'm, I didn't go. I, I, I didn't go with them. I, I didn't create the group. It, honestly, it wasn't my idea. It was someone saying, there's this, this mercy. There's this 
And I, and we, and we, I wanna be, I, I, I get, I come alive when I go be the hands and feet of Jesus on Saturdays. And so there's a small group, they're going again this Saturday and their whole small group is formed around serving people in downtown Kansas City. And I, I just imagine what our church would be like if you go, I'm a priest. I, I, I get with God and I got a gift to bring to the world. And when I serve kids, when I serve the poor, the hurting, single moms, when I, when I rally fathers, when I help marriages, when I pick the, but get that thing, that, that, that vision, that burden, that gifting, that calling, that, and then say, that's when I feel fulfilled and I can see spiritual fruit. Like I can see God at work. And that's my dream. Because I, I'm a priest and my, my spiritual gift is leadership. And I dream of a church where we don't have 92% walking in spiritual gifts or 95%. I dream of a church where we got 100% of people that are like, my name is, my spiritual gift is, and here's how I use it. And if we all do that, this church will be built not on the talents of the stage people, but on the spiritual gifts of all of us. All of us like, like, like living stones forming a house that becomes a little light in our city that brings glory and honor to Jesus. Amen? Will you bow your heads with me? Will you just ask the Lord, just even in this moment, just to identify spiritual gifts inside of you? Just, just even commit, God, I wanna go on the journey. ask the Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? What are you course correcting in my life? I want to bring you glory. Not my glory. Yours. I want to serve others. I don't want this to be about me and just my comfort and my recreation and my good times. Oh, I want to I do something that lasts for eternity. God, do a fresh work in me. Maybe you're here today and you want to make a decision to follow Jesus. even just hearing the good news that God's got a purpose for your life and he's he's a he gives out gifts and you want to identify those here's the reality honestly the best way to live your life not always the easiest way but for sure the best way is to give your life to Jesus say I don't want to be Lord of my life Jesus is God. 
came to earth. He lived perfectly. And he died on a cross. He rose from the dead. He's seated by the Father right now. And he created a way that you could have eternal life with him. I want to invite you, if you would, if you want to make a decision, I want to follow Jesus. I want to be a part of that family, the family of God. He is the way. He is the door. I want to invite you just to pray this prayer. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I give you my life. Save me, heal me, and change me. Do a fresh work inside of me. I will follow you. Take me on the journey that I might spend eternity with you. I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen.